We're going to be finishing up our um, uh, <laughs> Bible stories series. Uh, we've been doing it all summer long, and, and today is going to be the last uh, of those uh, teachings that we're going to do. We're going to start an, another uh, series next week called Unaware. It's going to be about the Holy Spirit and just kind of things of the Spirit. I'm excited about that. But, you know, stories, as I think about, we've gone through some really awesome stories in the Bible and how they just kind of relate to our lives and, and uh, to keep us motivated. And, you know, stories, I love a good story. How about you? And uh, I, I think the best stories are not just, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the true stories, you know, based on a true events. I love that. Well, that's the Bible right there. These are all based on true events. These aren't, it's not fictitious. If you believe the Bible is fictitious, we can call me, we'll have coffee, I'll pay for it. And uh, we can talk. The Bible's real. It's, it's, it's historic. It has happened. And God is still doing it today. Amen. We get, to, we get to see these things, and that's what stories are about. Stories are meant to really, you know, they, they, they touch our hearts. You know, you watch a good movie or something, you hear a good story, you read a good book, it, it, it touches your heart. Uh, some stories will even impact your life. You'll hear a story, and it will just change you. Maybe it's a story of someone, a, a friend of yours or something, who walked through a difficult time, and their integrity or their character or just their endurance through what they had to go through so inspired you that it changed your mindset about how you would view something like that in your own life forever. And it kind of like brings a new default in there, right, of how you used to think about something. Now, all of a sudden, it changes. When you're going through something, you remember someone else that has, has gone through the same thing and how they overcome and how they got through. And they're... Really, I believe stories are meant to, you know, they don't just move our hearts or in, impact our lives, but uh, they also are meant to move us to action. I mean, come on, you can, you know, you've watched The Karate Kid, right? Didn't you jump up and try to do that one thing when you, was in the, you watched The Karate Kid? You're like, ah, you're trying to do that move. Or like when we watch stuff like Rocky, my wife will jump up and she'll start beating me up. I'll just come out and say it. My wife beats me up only when we watch Rocky. So she'll come up, she's like, come on, let's fight, come on. It just, it wants to get you going, right? We watched something the other night. My, my daughter likes watching the dance, the dance movies, you know, with a little bit of hip-hop and some ballet and stuff. We got up, and I'm like, hey, I'm doing, hey, I'm doing some moves after it's over, right? It's just fun. It, it inspires you. wants to get you moving. And, you know, I, I believe in today's story that as we go through this, these life events that happened and are still happening today, um, that God really wants to get us going. I think this is a great um, lesson to go through to be our last when we're talking about Bible stories. And uh, you can turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10, and we'll get there in a moment. But I want to I tell you the story, really, of uh, uh, what Jesus had really told a parable out of Matthew 20. You don't have to turn there, but he told a story um, to those who were listening at that moment, and he said, the kingdom of God is like a landowner. Talked about this landowner, and he said he went out real early in the morning to hire people to work in his field. He had a vineyard. So he went out real early in the morning. So when they say early in the morning, they're talking about, you know, they started work like at 6 in the morning. When they said, like, you know, you get up, it was kind of typical for the Jewish tradition. 6 o'clock was the beginning of the day, so to say, the work day. You know, when you hear about the third hour, that's 9 o'clock. The, 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 the uh, sixth hour would be noon and so forth. 
And uh, so he went out early in the morning. So he's out there somewhere between five and six to the place where people gather for people to come and say, hey, will you work for me today? It's kind of like a day labor thing, right? And he goes out and he finds the, uh, some guys that are there ready to work. And he, he, say, he agrees with them to, to give them, you know, the, the average wage. What's going on here? I'll give you what's, what's, what the going rate is today for working with me in my field today. So they went and they began to work in this field at 6 a.m. The Bible says that he went back out uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning. And then he went back out also at noon. And he found people that were in the marketplace sitting around and doing nothing. And he said, what are you doing? Uh, why aren't you working? They said, no one hired us. So he said, go, work in my field. That's at 9 o'clock and at noon. Well, the landowner goes back into the marketplace, probably just doing business. He's a busy man. He owns a lot of land. He's got a lot of hands out there working. He's got to take care of things, maybe even getting some food order. He's got to feed these guys. He's got to get them something to drink, right, take care of them. And uh, the Bible says that he went back in at 3 o'clock and, and he saw people sitting around in the marketplace again doing nothing, the Bible says. He said, hey, why, what's going on? Why aren't you working? They said, no one hired us. Go out and work in my field. The Bible says he went again at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, they start at 6 in the morning and they finish at 6 in the evening. He went at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and he found some people that were there that had not worked at all. And this is what he said to them in verse 6. At 5 o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw, and saw some more people standing around. And he asked them, why haven't you been working today? I want this statement to stick with us, especially if you're in here and Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior. If you don't know him as Lord and Savior, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But for the, those of you who know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, think of this statement. Why haven't you been working today? And they replied to him, because no one hired us. And the landowner told them, go out and join the others in my field. Now, I'm not going to go into the rest of that story. I want to use this first part of the story to go in what we want to talk about today. Now, there are five different times that the landowner went out. Five is the number of grace in Scripture. Five different times. He went out at 6 o'clock. He went out at 9 o'clock. He went out at noon. He went out at 3. And he went out at 5. All of them different times. All, all of them, all the workers, you know, the workers that went, worked at 6 o'clock in the morning, they worked 12 hours. And those who went out later and kept going out later and later so forth, they worked less, but he gave them the same uh, wage at the end of the day. I believe that this, you know, speaking uh, spiritually, this is the wage of eternal life. Because there are those who have gone before us who have worked and labored. Think about the, the prophets. Think about Moses. Think about the priests and all those who have labored before us. The Bible says before Jesus came, they labored not receiving the promises, but having seen them afar off, they lived in accordance and obedience to God, knowing that they weren't benefiting from it in a sense. There were benefits, obviously, but they weren't, they weren't going to be partakers at that moment of Christ's coming. But he came, and because of their obedience, they're partakers with us of a generation being here after Christ has come and bought us back through his grace and through his truth. 
No, I don't know. I, you know, these different time zones, I, I didn't, you know, study it out. I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a you know, a scholar and have any books, anything like that written out. But I can kind of see these time zones as being like 6 a.m., almost being like the law of Moses, you know, Moses and the prophets, nine o'clock being the judges and the prophets kind of working. They're laboring way before we came on the scene. Jesus being really 12 o'clock because he's at that zenith hour. He's the one that brought change. Things change from there. Three o'clock being the apostles and the disciples. And then five o'clock really being our generation, the time that we're in right now. We have to work so less compared to what they labored before us. And, and you know, even Peter, or Peter came to the Lord and and, uh, you know, was worried about what was happening with John. And Peter said, you know, well, hey, this is going to, you told me about my life, what I'm going to do and what you want me to do. But what about John? He said, don't you worry about what other people are doing. You worry about what I've called you to do. And I believe this is a great question that we need to ask ourselves, especially the time that we're living in right now. I mean, the season that we're in, if, if, if we don't feel like we're in the end times, more than any, any time before we're in the end times, you can just read scripture and see things happening right now now. Amen? And the question that Jesus asked those who were standing around doing nothing, why haven't you been working today? Life is about multiplying. I, I really believe that. Life is about multiplying. The seed, uh, the seed in the story of your life is meant to activate someone else's faith in God. I'll say that again. The seed in the story of your life is meant to activate Someone else's faith in God. Now, I want to take you through uh, this multiplication process that Jesus did and is continuing on in ours today. But the first thing I want you to see is that Jesus sent out 12. Jesus sent out 12. And we're in Matthew chapter 10. If you've turned your Bible there, you're there. You can follow along with us. Matthew 12, or I said Matthew 12, Matthew 10. I'm mistaken. Uh, verse number one and two, and it says this, Jesus called his 12, I mean, my bad, I'm reading somewhere else. See, I'm, told, I'm just messing up today, but it's all right. God's going to have his way, amen? Jesus called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and sickness. I want to read it again. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Now, what I want you to see the whole time here, here's, that, here's the first, we got that question, why aren't you working today? And then I want you to see this as we go through kind of the progression and the multiplication of Jesus into our lives today from the time that he imparted into his 12 apostles or his 12 disciples. Uh, there's three things that happen. He called them, he empowered them, and he sent them. He called them, he chose them, he called them out, he pointed them out, he singled them, he, he, he let them know that they had a purpose and a plan. He gave them what they needed to do for the task that was ahead of them. And then he sent them out to do it. He called them, 
You're mine. We were singing that this morning. I'm yours, you're mine. And since I'm yours and you are mine, I'm calling you and I'm giving you the ability. Really what he is saying is, I'm giving you my ability to do my works. Now go out and advance my kingdom. That's his vineyard. Your neighborhood, your family, your co-workers, that's the vineyard where Jesus has you. That's the place. That's the harvest field right there. Now I want to look at some other scriptures that uh, go along with this because as we're reading on. This part is uh, from the, uh, uh, the, or the Message Bible. It's Matthew 10, 5 through 10. And it says this, Jesus sent out his 12 harvest hands out with, his, with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by uh, tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. I never raise the dead, but I want to. How about you? Come on now. But if we want to get to the place where we're raising the dead, we got to be able to lay hands on people too, right? Touch the untouchable. I love that. Kick out the demons. Don't think you have to put on a, fr a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. And all you need to keep that going is three meals a day. So travel light. I like that, right? That's good. You know, what's funny is that the Bible says in that first, uh, first scripture, it says Jesus called his 12 disciples. That's the very place in scripture where they go from being called disciples to be called apostles. They go from being called because he called his disciples and he, he empowered them and he sent them. When he sent them, they became apostles because the word apostle means sent one. So they went, they received the power, and they went in his power, and their title changed from being just a disciple to a sent one, one who was going in the call and the power of God Almighty. Amen. See, I think we're missing some things. You know, we, there's been a lot of different teachings and stuff, and I, and I agree with those teachings, the apostolic anointing and so forth, but that apostolic anointing is only for those who are going, not staying. The apostolic anointing is a, is a movement uh, anointing. It's, it, it's, it's got to be moving. They're for the shakers. I want to be a shaker. How about you? He sent them, those apostles, told them to go. I love that verse number six. Go to the lost, the confused people right here in your neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom of God is here. The Bible says it this way in the, in the Passion Translation, verse number eight. You must continually bring healing to lepers. Now, lepers is really here, if you look at it, and I'll show you in a second, but lepers is referring to unbelievers because in those times when someone was a leper, it was considered, they were considered to be sinners. 
because they didn't have the revelation of sin that we have right now that we, you know, compounded throughout the centuries that God has given us that, yeah, you were all born into sin. Some believe that some were more sinful than others because of a sickness or a disease that they had, they, that they were actually cursed from God. That's not true because Jesus told us in Scripture when his disciples talked about a blind man and said, why was this man born blind? Was it the sin of his parents or was this a sin that he committed? Jesus said it was neither. It wasn't for either of those. But the power of God is here to bring sight. Amen? And I, I love that because here it is, this, uh, you know, thinking, you know, we, we must continually bring healing to those who, unbelievers, those who don't know. Who needs a healing greater? Even, even if, I, if I had a sickness or disease in my body and for some reason I died of that sickness and disease, well, that's only for a moment. I have an eternal reward. But for those who, who don't know Jesus, if they are going through a sickness and disease and they die in that sickness and disease, they die to an eternal destruction if they don't know Jesus Christ. There's, some, there's a little bit of perspective here. You know, I, we've known people that have died of diseases that were believers. And, and, and really, these were people that, you know, great stories in the sense of people that endured hardship and, and never lost their faith. I know one guy in... in in my life, his name was Jerry Bagley. He's the first one that was an example to me to show me what it was like to see a man worship God. Just to be able to, around the campfire, in our, our, little, our little Royal Ranger group at church, and he, he taught us how to pray and worship. And I could see this guy wasn't faking. I mean, and he, was, he was all out. He, he loved to give worship to God. He wasn't ashamed to worship God. And when he was there, he died of cancer. And whenever I saw him and I was praying with him, he said, Jeff, I'm believing God's going to heal me. But even if I don't, I'm still going to be with him and it don't matter. Just to see, I'm just like, wow. That's, that's awesome. Amen. But look at this. I love this. He says, you must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick. See, if, obviously if someone had leprosy, they're sick. But it's more than that. In those days kind of bringing it out. Bring healing to those who, who are the unbelievers and to those who are sick. And make it your habit. I love that. Make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people. You know, there's demonic presence all around us. Oppression. You know, you don't have to be possessed by the devil to be influenced or oppressed by the devil. But we who have been called and we have been imparted into, we've been given power and authority to break off demonic presence around us and even over our area. We can change and transform an atmosphere. Amen. You do it in your home. You can do it in somebody else's home. Maybe you've experienced yourself talking to somebody on the phone. I had someone call me one time, and the enemy was oppressing their mind, and they were just, things were, were speaking out. And all I did was just speak the word of God. I said, no, that's not true. This is what the word of God says. And I began to speak the word of God over them, and I broke that demonic presence over them. And they, weren't, they were confused. It was confusion going on in their mind. God don't want people confused. It's confusing. All of a sudden, there was clarity. They say, I, I, I feel clear now. Just, it's just, if I didn't do anything, if I didn't step out, it was, at first, sometimes we wonder, like, you know, well, what if it don't work? Well, you know what? Then, I, then I'll try it again. Guess what? Jesus had to lay hands twice on one man. What's wrong with me laying hands twice or speaking something twice? Amen? Make it our habit 
to break off demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom. Freely release it to others. You release what you give. Best thing to do if you want to get more is give away what you've been given. When it comes to the spiritual understanding, knowledge of everything, of who God is, give it away. In a sense, you can't give it. I mean, you're giving it away because you're helping people, you're teaching them, you're training them in that way, but you're not really giving it away where you don't have it. All you're doing is making it more solidified down in your spirit. It's getting deeper in you because you're teaching someone else and you're gaining even a greater understanding of the truth that you've been given. Amen. Freely you've received, freely give. And I love this because, you know, Jesus called, he, 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 he empowered them, and he sent them. Then it says in, in Mark chapter uh, 12, verse number 13, kind of the same context of what's going on here as he sent them out. The Bible says they went out. They were called. They were empowered. They were sent. But they have to go, right? I mean, how many of us, is, you know, our, our parents told us to go do something. There's a difference between being told something to do and then doing it. That's a little word, four-letter word called uh, obey, right? I was going to say obedience, and I was like, that's not four letters. <laughs> we obey. So they got called, they got empowered, they were sent, because they saw, they saw Jesus, they saw it modeled before them, and they went out and they preached that men should repent, because everyone needs to repent to God. Every one of us has sin, and it's not just... This is where we, get, we can get kind of confused with it or get off track. It's just not the sin that we commit. It's the fact that we were born into sin. We have a sinful nature. That's what needs to be healed. Amen? Yeah, we make mistakes, but we're born into sin. We need the sacrifice of Jesus to cleanse us to take away that old sinful nature, his spirit to come live on the inside of us. So now we have a new, cre- we are a new creation, as the Bible says. Now we have, because we have faith in Jesus, the Bible says we are given the privilege to be called the sons and daughters of God because we chose. They went out, they preached that men should repent. They were casting out many demons and they were anointing with oil many sick people and what? Healing them. I love that. So Jesus sent out the 12, and somebody may say, well, that was the 12. That stuff went away with the apostles. Okay, let's look again. In Luke chapter 10, verse number 1, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples. God's all about multiplication. He chose 72 others' disciples and sent them. So we're already in the context. He chose them. So when he chose them, you can get get it down on the inside of you right now. God will not send you before he equips you. Period. If he calls you, he's going to equip you. He don't call you just to call you. He calls you to equip you. He equips you to send you. Right? So now he chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead of him in pairs, I love this, to all the towns and places that he planned to visit. <laughs> in a sense, it's almost like we're little John the Baptists in our, in our neighborhoods, wherever we are. We're going before and preparing the way for the Lord to come by telling them the kingdom of God is here. We're helping people to understand and teaching them about sin, that sinful nature. And we're taking care of some of the ailments that are in their lives by praying for them, believing in the empowerment that God has given us through his Holy Spirit and acting it out. Amen. Making new stories for other people to be inspired by. 
Amen. Hallelujah. And he says, he says uh, these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray. I really, that, that pray is not just pray and don't go. It's really pray as you go, right? He's telling them, he already told them to go, so he's like, while you're going, while you're moving, while you're doing this, pray to the Lord of the harvest that you may, you may ask him to send out workers into the field. Now, I want to show you multiplication. This is, this is awesome. I know you guys know about multiplication already, right? But I want to show this to you very simple. Jesus sent out the 12, and then he chose 72. It's, 72 is six times more than 12. Six times 12 is 72. Now, watch the multiplication factor. If I use the factor that Jesus used right here, that's six times, which is really the number of man, right? Okay, so if I say he's using man in his grace to go out and do this, if I say uh, 72 times 6, that's 432. And if those go out and did it again, times 6, 2,592. Just stay with me. Times 6, uh, 5,184. Times 6, 31,000 and change. Times 6, 186,000. Times 6, Whoop, 186,000. I said, wait, darn it, I messed it up. See, I'm making mistakes today, guys. We'll just start right there, 186,000 times 6, 1,162,000. We're not too far down the road here. It's that multiplication. Times 6, 6,690,000. 6, times 2, 40 million. Times 6, 240 million. Times 6, one billion. Are you, are you still with me? Just stay with me. We're almost there. Watch this. Times six equals, come on, where are you at? You're not equalizing. Oh, I can't do that. Try to times it that way. Here we go. One, one billion four hundred and forty-six thousand times six, eight billion six hundred and seventy-eight thousand. Guess what that is? Right now, as of September 2020, there was 7.8 billion people in the world. Just by taking, if it was multiplied like it was going on, we would have already been able to reach the whole earth. But yet some, and sometimes that some is even us, who are sitting in the, in the uh, marketplace late in the afternoon, and Jesus is asking, why didn't you work today? Why aren't you working? When I've called you, when I've empowered you, when I've already sent you. Amen. I'm telling you what, we are a movement waiting to happen. But it takes every single one of us being obedient to go and do what he's called us to do. So he called these 72 and verse number in, in Luke 10, verse number 9 through 17 tells them what Jesus empowered them to do. And I'll give you a hint. It's the same thing he told the 12 disciples. Preach repentance. Cast out demons and heal the sick. Amen? Now, I, I, I like to use that. I mean, you know, to cast out demons, there's going to be, I believe it's going to grow in, in a time that we're living in that people will be getting free even that way. But some of that can go as just breaking that demonic presence off of people. Amen? I mean, it, it, it's exciting to see people set free. It really is. You know, even we, had, we just started this freedom course. That's what it's all about. It's about getting free from things that... You know, we're just ignorant to. We don't even know. We're, we're bound in some ways that we don't even know until we're confronted with the truth. 
and then we got to make a choice. But since we've already made the choice to have him as our Lord and Savior, it's so much easier just to walk into the light and allow that to be exposed and, and, and to become more like him. Amen. But even in our, uh, the, one of the ladies' groups already met this past Thursday and did the uh, um, freedom course. They started the very first lesson. There was already a, a couple ladies that had already experienced more freedom in their life. Some different lies that were exposed, that were brought forth to the truth, and the truth set them free. Isn't that awesome? This is what we want for ourselves, but we don't want it just for ourselves. This is why you always hear me say it. When we get free, it is for the purpose for us to walk in freedom, but it's also for the purpose now that we are free to be able to help other people experience that freedom. Amen? Because with that freedom that you are given, you are given even a greater responsibility and empowerment to help people get free in the same way. So, well, someone may still say, well, that was the 12 and that was the 72. Well, guess what? Jesus is sending you. Every single one of us are called. Every single one of us, God wants to empower us. Every single person on the face of the earth, God wants to send out and multiply himself. Look at John chapter 17, verse number 20. This is in Jesus's what's known as the high priestly prayer. He's praying this before he goes to the cross. He's praying this over his disciples. He just spent a lengthy time just with the 12 by themselves, you know, and talking to them about the Holy Spirit, having the Last Supper, just really the, the, you know, as we know, as the passion of the Christ, that last evening he spent with them. And as he begins to pray, he's praying to the Father, and he said, in that prayer he says this, I'm praying not only for them, talking about the disciples right there, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. So it's not just the 12, it's not just the 72, it's everyone who will believe in him because of the testimonies of others about him. And believe it or not, every single one of us here today, we're all a product of someone else's witness or prayers. Every single one of us. You are the product of someone else's witness about Christ or someone else's prayer for you to experience Christ. So how much more should I be doing my part to be praying for the next generation? And to be able to be a witness unto those around about us. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Shine. So that those who see your good works may glorify the Father. And it's his good works. Amen. So you see over and over again, he called them, he empowered them, he sent them. Really, he's calling you. He's, he is empowering you. He is sending you. We see this at the end and just finishing up. Uh, in Matthew 28, you probably heard this at the end of there, you got kind of the Great Commission. The Bible says that Jesus said, he spoke to them, all authority, he said, has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, really, in my authority and make disciples of all nations. All authority has been given me. Go in my authority. You know, all authority is delegated authority. You don't have authority of yourself. All authority is delegated authority, and that authority originated with God. And he's telling us as his sons and daughters to go. Go what? To go. You are empowered to go, to bring healing, to break off demonic strongholds, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick. And, the, and the, the gospel of Mark gives a clear, really, instructions of this and definition of making disciples of all nations. He says, go into all the world and preach. One translation even says to teach because it's not just preaching and declaring. It's also teaching people. 
Because sometimes people don't get it the first time or they have questions, right? And Jesus is our example of this because in Scripture it would say, Jesus would, as was his custom, he would go into the synagogue. He would preach and teach them about the kingdom of God. He would cast out demons and he would heal the sick. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So it says, go and preach and teach the good news to everyone. Teach them what you know about Jesus. That's what he said in another thing. He says, teach them what I have taught you. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned because it's our faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done that saves us from our sinful nature. Amen? These miracles, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they uh, drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. Really, you're saying they will be protected. Now, we're not talking about, you know, I know some of those churches do some weird stuff and they have the crates in the back behind the thing with the thing over like that and dancing with the snakes. We're not talking about that kind of handling snakes. The biblical example of this would be Paul going in to grab wood to throw it into the fire and a viper came out while he had the sack of woods and bit him. And guess what? Everybody knew what it was and they were expecting him to die, but he didn't die. He was protected. Amen? It says they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. One translation says they will recover. You know, sometimes when we, I think sometimes we are afraid to lay hands on people because we don't sometimes see it happen instantly. There are times you lay hands, I've had it happen where I lay hands on somebody and it happens instantly that they feel a different or they feel a change. And sometimes it may be, it may take a couple hours or whatever. Jesse DePlantis used to always say, hey, if you take an aspirin, how long does it take to kick in? Somebody says about 20 minutes. He says, give it 20 minutes. You know? It's because there is a difference between the healing anointing and laying hands on the sick for them to recover. Recovering is different from, you know, the gifts of healing. The gifts of healing is bam. Recovering is another thing. I'll give you an example. I don't think she's here today, but um, we, I love that scripture where it talks about, you know, we have to make it a habit of doing it. And sometimes I'll mess up myself, even in my own house. Sometimes if I have a headache, something going on that I'll forget, well, I should just pray for myself or I should go to my wife and ask her to pray for me. Instead of just suffering with it. And I remember one time Mary Tim had came over and uh, I, I, she was there for a little bit and, and, and she saw I had a headache and, you know, right over my eyes. And she's like, are you feeling okay, Pastor? I said, yeah, I just have a headache. She said, let me pray for you. I said, oh, okay, praise God, pray for me. And, and I didn't feel anything right then, but within like 20, 30 minutes, it hit, I was like, hey, I feel better. And she even like texted me later, how are you feeling? I was like, I actually feel better. Thank you so much. So it kind of goes both ways where we need to get in the habit of being willing to pray for other people and just practicing that empowerment and also asking for people to pray for us. You know, I, I appreciate that about the wardrips, you know, uh, Chuck and Dorothy. They're not afraid to ask for prayer. And they also, because they're not afraid to ask for prayer, they so easily receive prayer. I mean, it, 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 and there can be times right then that they'll say, hey, I, I feel a change already. It might not be, well, I don't feel anything right yet, but it'll, you call them the next day and it's like, I feel better. Praise the Lord. So just getting in that habit, I love that. But these are things that we're able to do, but you've got to step out and do it. And I know some, so we just have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us too. I remember one time, last story, I remember one time uh, whenever I was uh, working in, in Florida, this comes to my mind frequently when I think about just stepping out. And the guys I worked with, I worked for a construction, it was a survey company. We worked in construction. 
and um, land surveying, and there was a guy that I worked with, and he, he, got, he got sick a lot, different things going on. Some of that was maybe some of his personalities. He was growing up in things, and other things are just kind of, you know, maybe the frailty of his body or whatever. But we were out one time, and, and we were like an hour and a half away from the office. We weren't in the Orlando area. We were out in the boonies somewhere. It's called Keenansville. And uh, we're out there, I mean, we're doing a job. And it's like, hey, we drove all this way. I'm not going to be able to just to go back real quick because then I have to drive the whole way back. That's wasting a lot of time. And he's like, I think i got to go back. My neck really hurts. I was like, we just got here, bro. I mean, you can't, you know, press through this. He's like, no, man, it really, we got to go back. So I didn't even ask him for permission. I just put my hands on his neck, and I said, neck, line up right now in Jesus' name. And I got out, and I started getting ready to work. And all of a sudden, I, I look through the truck, and I see him in there. He's going, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, dude? He's like, what did you do? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, my pain is gone. I said, I didn't do anything. Jesus did. Now, let's get busy. <laughs> There's work to do. But if, if, if we don't take the time to step out, to, to go beyond that comfort zone to pray for somebody, Will, will, will we have a story? I wouldn't have had that story to share with you if I didn't step out to do it. And I, I knew God could do it, but I didn't know it for sure. I mean, you know, I, I was growing. It's like, you know, will it happen right as soon as I, I don't know. I can't say that my faith is there to as, as soon as I lay every single time that, that God's going to do something miraculously right then. I don't, I don't know. But I'm going to practice praying for other people. I want to practice that authority because I want to grow in that authority. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand up if you would. Let me finish this scripture. The Bible says that those are the things that they're able to do. And the Bible says that when Jesus, uh, when the Lord had finished talking to them, verse number 19 and 18 of, of Mark 16, he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the place of honor at, at the right hand of God. And the disciples went out everywhere and preached. This is what it says. It says they preached. They went out and preached. What? They preached that Jesus heals. They preached that Jesus forgives sins. They preached that D Jesus delivers. And the Lord worked with them, confirming the word by the miraculous signs that followed. He's the one that does the work. We're just saying and teaching people what Jesus does and letting him do what only he can do. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, we worship you right now. And we bless you, Lord. And in your presence, we want to take, we want to take a moment, Lord, now, because we know uh, through this teaching today that we know, Lord God, throughout generations that you call, that you empower, and that you send, and that we must go. But there may be some here today or some listening or watching online that they don't know that they've been called, or maybe they're hearing that call today for the very first time. They're uncertain if they was to die today, if they would go be with you in heaven. Lord, I know you're moving upon their hearts right now. If that's you, if you're in here, you're online, you're listening to this, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can know today that you have been saved from the nature of sin and empowered by God, by His Spirit, coming to live on the inside of you. That's by believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is the sacrifice. He's the only one that can save us from our sins. He lived a perfect life. He came in bodily form. God Himself, through Jesus Christ, came in bodily form, lived a perfect life on earth, died for our sins, 
and he rose again. If that's you, would you just raise your hand wherever you're at? You're listening, you're watching, you're in here. You don't know Jesus and you want to surrender your life to him today. If that's you, raise your hand wherever you are. And we're going to pray a prayer together. Would you pray this with me for those who have raised your hands and want to make this decision? Would you pray with me? Say, Father God, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to make me new. Wash me clean. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my God and my Savior. Lord, I hear your call. I answer it. Now empower me so that I may go do what you've called me to do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Last thing, and then we'll open up the altars if you need prayer. I want to I do a, a declaration here together, and I want all, everybody just to pray this with me. Say, Father, I come to you today, and I repent for the times that I stayed back when I should have been in the field. I repent for wavering in the fact that you have called me, and you have empowered me, and you have sent me to do your will with your anointing to lead others to you. So this day, I thank you for making me new in that area and bringing me greater confidence to seize every opportunity that would come my way, that it would be such a habit when I hear somebody that is going through something that I know that is in your word that you set them free from and brought healing. Lord, that I'll step out and speak the truth and lay hands and, and help them and teach them in your ways. Father, thank you. Now give me opportunities this week and help me see and help me obey in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.